0: Strangers turn into friends when you listen to Better Buddies. Living, living in the moment,
1: the moment. So welcome back uh, to
2: Better and Buddies.
0: I'm trying to introduce myself. I appreciate your input, though. Oh, I, uh, I was have two more seconds. No. Two more. I'm your host, RJ. Of... Thank you, Matt.
1: <laughs> I'm Calvin. <laughs> I'm James. Oh my god! Oh, I am yeah,
0: Matthew. So to start off, same thing we did last time: the better buddies icebreaker to get the conversation oh. going in a oh, my cool god. way. And the icebreaker for tonight is what's your favorite town slash city in the world and why? Who would like to James, start? James oh.
1: go. James is going. Ooh, that's easy. Oh, he's gonna say Milwaukee. Called wait, it. Wait, no, it's away. no it's not. No, it's not. Um hold on. I was wrong. It's that's not easy. Um, I would say Say what? Reykjavik Reykjavik. Oh, Reykjavik. Yeah. In Iceland. Yeah. Why? So Or wait. Wait. Oh, I don't
0: it's not know.
1: Reykjavik, is it? Uh, well, because it's either it's either Reykjavik or it's like the town up north that I go to with my family near the end of every summer. Ah, uh, no, it's uh, Lake It's uh, All it's right. really really nice. Had some good times up there, so I'd probably say that. Oh fuck, there's so many. I'm sorry. I'll, no, I'll say I'll say. Because uh, the there's is, another what's your one.
0: Favorite James, and you can have a list of favorites, but what would be at the top of that list? What's the first one you'd say?
3: The first one that came
1: into your head, it would have been it would have been Reykjavik. I would say
0: that's, that's so cool. your that's your heart speaking. It's your gut reaction.
1: Yeah, I, I should have gone with my first one. Um, no, I'd say I'd say Reykjavik just because. Are we doing like? Are we just naming? or Are we saying like?
0: Oh, boy, why? Why is it your favorite?
1: Um, well, it was a really really fun time there. I think it's so cool because it's like, I mean, it definitely had to do with the time, like the time we went there. But it was, like, really nice and quiet for a city that was so, like... It's not big, but it's, it's the biggest city in Iceland, so... Okay. It was really cool. It was, like... It, it's, like, right on a bay, and it's under the shadow of, like, a mountain. I want to climb up that mountain someday. I'm going to go back there. But, back, uh, James, yeah. you forgot,
3: James, you forgot the best part, and that's the airport, obviously.
1: Oh, yeah, the airport where they're fucking... Uh, fucking, uh... What is it? Um, those fucking chairs. They're, like... For modern- singists, I don't know. Chairs. I think it's just because the I think Scandinavians are just built differently than the rest of us, and they're like <laughs> they're like Kaminoan. You know what I mean? Like the people from Camino. They're like, tall and uh, slender. Yeah, they're so their bodies like fit better in those fucking thin slats.
0: Oh, so they super- just basically had like two by fours. As the chairs, yeah, no,
3: well, one by twos.
1: No, oh, wow. it wouldn't even be that. Oh no, no, it would be more angles than that because that whole country like thrives on angles. All their all their buildings are like yes. James and I decided
3: the more angles mean. Wait, what? Well, what did more angles mean again?
1: I thought it was like a more sophisticated civilization yeah. <laughs> or something I like question. that. We, yeah.
0: Do you think they accidentally misspelled angels in the commission from the architects? So that they, they wanted a bunch of angels everywhere to be really beautiful, but they misspelled oh. it. And the architects were like, ah, I'm a, "Dude, why do they want so many angels?" I, I no, I just, I just, I just
1: think, I just think, it. I think Scandinavians are just aliens.
3: James, open your window.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Are you smoking?
3: God damn it, James!
2: What do you smoking do you in
1: do? the boys' hey, room. I, I'd like to, I'd like to say that I'm actually, I'm down. I've been limiting myself, so it's good.
0: To only 500 I mean, packs? To only... <laughs> only you no, know, like, I, I usually
1: smoke, like... some. There were some days where I used to smoke, like, half a pack, and for the past two weeks I've been making sure I only have, like, three.
0: Uh, That's progress.
1: Be, yeah, yeah, it's not too bad.
0: I mean, I just got tired that is usually all. the ideal in that situation, but, you know, you gotta start usually, somewhere.
1: And, usually, uh, and ideally the healthy life would involve no McDonald's meals, but...
0: Uh, we all Don't know where that go- goes.
3: <laughs> As I say here, looking at James's McDonald's garbage. I know,
0: I know. I'm doubly guilty. Then all why right, would you- uh, James's, like, favorite city was Reykjavik. Uh, Calvin, Oh yeah, yeah. I know
1: you've traveled a fair amount. Yeah,
3: which is why I'm trying to think. Matt, your turn.
0: <laughs> Alright, Matt, what about you?
3: Delay tactics.
0: Yeah, right, you
2: asshole. I can't. (laughs) (sighs) I would have to say.
0: Ooh, this is—is
1: that harder? It's like harder than it seems, right?
0: Yeah, but you know,
1: I. But that's why it's good.
0: It it gets you thinking.
1: Well, I can go
3: if you want. You got one now. Yeah, I got one.
0: Good,
3: because I don't. All right, I'd have to say mine would be uh, Higashi Kogane, which is the town I lived in in Japan when I was there two years ago. Why? Um, I mean, it's technically in Tokyo, but it's like a small town, like suburb area. But so it's it's close enough to the main parts of tokyo that you can get there really fast it's right on main train lines but it's also like really quiet and not as insane as downtown tokyo and there's a massive freaking park that's really cool and it's got one of the coolest museums in it that i went to
0: what's the museum about just like history or
3: it's the edo tokyo open air architectural museum so it's just a bunch of houses that they've reconstructed in this like big area and you can just wander around and go into all the different houses Um, so it's like from the late 1800s um, to early 1900s are all these houses so it's just really cool
0: the closest parallel I can think of would be like old world Wisconsin
3: yeah very similar that's really neat there's not like uh, reenactors around and all that stuff it's just mainly you're looking around at the houses but similar
0: that's really cool, Matt. You got one? Probably, I probably have one. You probably had one,
2: Uh yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. Like, I have a lot of like the one I want to say, like, I don't want to say, um, but I don't want to say, yeah. I, th- I think Boston's a cool place. There you go. Oh, Boston, yeah. You, Boston's,
0: I'll be honest, cool. I don't recall you ever talking about Boston.
2: Uh, yeah, I went there because my brother graduated from Harvard.
0: Oh, nice. You know,
2: uh, that was, oh. you yeah, yeah. Yeah, know, fucking caught
0: fast. And...
3: My boy's wicked smart. My boy's <laughs> wicked smart.
0: And what about Boston? Uh, just like being a cool place you would never been before? Um, that
2: and just the history, like, you literally, we went to the Cheers bar, we went to... Oh, nice. Solid. Uh, we took. We went on the Freedom Trail.
0: You saw the sights. You I we saw the life.
2: We, you know, we were very colonial and revolutionary, you only shot musket and... guns,
0: and you wore wigs with ponytails.
3: Did yeah. you throw tea in the harbor? Because if you the didn't, once. it was, a, it was I a worthless trip. Like we didn't
0: land <laughs> <lent> back. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite town slash city in the world. It's a little tough because I kind of want to say the uh that place we stayed at in Switzerland. Oh. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to lean towards. Uh, Lucerne. Yeah, Lucerne was real nice, but I think based on just my own personal history with it, I'm gonna have to go with Manacqua. It's
2: yeah.
0: Got the touch of like modern city life, but it's way up in the north, so. You drive five minutes and you're back into the middle of nowhere. And it's like, we always go there for one night during family reunion. Like, that's been tradition for the last 20 years of my life. So, I think I'd go with Monaco. We all learned a little bit more about each other.
2: Wow. Very good
0: icebreaker. Thank you. I made sure to pick one out ahead of time.
3: And not just jokes that are supposed to open a presentation.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Cute. so, the topic that I really wanted to talk about with you boys that might kill Calvin... Uh,
3: Kathleen Kennedy? Kathleen I, Kennedy. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yesterday, Kathleen Kennedy, in an interview with the Rolling Stone magazine, the interviewer asked her the question, uh, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow was slated to write and direct episode 9 before you brought J.J. Abrams back in. Is this final entry in the trilogy a particularly hard nut to crack? And her first two sentences in response are, every one of these movies is a particularly hard nut to crack? There's no source material. We don't have comic books. We don't have 800-page novels. We don't have anything other than passionate storytellers who get together and talk about what the next iteration might be. Your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I'm also reading this article in the. Uh, oh, I know. I'm I'm on a different place. Never mind.
0: Yeah, Never I made mind. sure Here's to the the go to the source, because she goes on to t- her answer goes on to talk about how um, they start by talking to filmmakers who they think exhibit the sensibilities they're looking for, and that that list was very small. Both the sensibilities and the experience and ability to handle making a Star Wars movie, and that like. Sometimes people get involved and realize it's so much more than they thought. So she yeah, kind of like know. just devolves into talking about how J.J. Abram is a huge fan and passionate about Star Wars. And so that was their good choice.
3: Yeah, I just, I, I understand that they couldn't just straight up adapt the EU, the expanded universe, because it's like, well, obviously not, because there's a lot of, as for as much as I love the expanded universe, I recognize that there's a lot of stuff wrong with it. There's some contradicting yeah. stuff. There's some stuff that it's like, meh, meh. But, like, overall, there was a lot of really, really, really good stuff in the expanded universe. And I would have been fine if they had modified it in different ways, take... Bits and pieces. I think that might have been a better way to do it, um, because I think they just tried to avoid it so much that they backed themselves into a corner that they couldn't come up with a good story because they're like, oh, what if we do this? Oh, it's been done by the expanding universe. We can't do that. So I feel like that's part of the issue with some of these movies is that they tried to deviate so far from the expanding universe that they they kind of were cutting off their own arm
0: i agree with that point because like they've and it it was foolish of them to try and avoid anything if they if they did blatantly say like okay we're planning this out avoid anything that was in those because they've been making books and comic books and video games about star wars since the 80s like i was literally just reading the first book in the corellian trilogy uh, or the Centerpoint Trilogy, I do want to call it, where Han... the Corellian Trilogy. The Corellian Trilogy, where Han takes his family back to his home world, and that book came out the year I was born. That came out in 97? Yeah!
2: Oh my god.
0: god. I didn't realize that. And they've been making books since then, so there's at least 40, 50 years of... Maybe not 50, but 40 years of books and movies and... Books and video games and comic books from multiple publishers. And Matt, you were saying something the other day about the Darth Vader comic. Well,
2: Disney makes those. Like they're Marvel comics.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, not
2: Disney, but like you know what I mean. Yeah. Are you but, talking
3: like, about the newer stuff though? Because isn't that Vader one's a relatively newer comic? I think they started making comic. that after Disney acquired.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But I think just that... because. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, like, just because it is newer doesn't mean that there is no stories, right? Like, they
0: they clearly like acknowledge... have the ability to write new stories, so it's not that the stories aren't out there or aren't right. available.
2: Like, they don't have to, like, separate.
0: I think it's a good example, like, too, of that they don't have to use expanded universe content to write a new story. Because the Vader stories are all new, all original, without relying on that expanded universe.
1: Are they more captivating than, like, the movies are? Like, the out of the newer movies, do you think, like, reading those comics, like, they're better?
2: Uh, I think the comic book... You know, okay, in Rogue One, my favorite scene is the Vader scene where he's just, like... He, he's, just
0: he shows up, he's menacing...
2: And he just slaughters them. He like, literally, <clears throat> none. like, leaves no survivors. He, he plays with them, honestly. Like,
0: And the comics show a lot of that because, like, I think it was from the newer series, there's a scene, and I've, I haven't read any of the books, disclaimer, but I've seen some, like, bits and pieces from them, and there's a scene where... There's a bunch of rebel troopers surrounding Vader, and they're like, give up, we've got you surrounded, you can't survive, and he's just standing there staring at them, and his only response is, all I see are dead men, and he ignites his lightsaber.
1: See, because I just, I feel like the the thing is, like, those comic books are probably playing to, like, just by the nature of, like, how they're marketed and stuff like that, are probably, at least relative to the movies, playing, like, a more niche audience, so I almost feel like the movies, by the virtue of the fact that they have to, they have to capture a larger, uh, like a larger audience than comic books, because they know that more people are going to go and see a Star Wars movie than read a Star Wars comic book. So it's almost like they have to water down a lot of like what they're putting out, that... um, which kind of sucks because I feel like that's not
0: I playing can see by that the material. Argument? My only counter off the top of my head, would be the similar, or, not maybe a counter, but that the fact that they're doing that isn't helping anything because, for the same reason that like extensive tutorials and video games aimed at younger, like, tutorials that are aimed for a very young age in video games aren't necessarily helping the games. I, because, it kind I of, just, just to I, help with my parallel a little yeah. bit, um, the Pokemon games have received criticism in the recent years their tutorials being extremely in-depth and extremely long and too much that like okay i should be able to wander around and explore and figure this out and the two most popular games for young kids right now are fortnite and minecraft neither of which have in-depth tutorials well because i dumbing not necessarily dumbing but simplifying things doesn't necessarily help in all circumstances
1: no and i i just think like i i wonder if star wars is like a property has become too vast not only in terms of like all the stuff that it's in but just how old it is like you have so many people and these large demographics too Uh who like buy into the star wars like merchandise and who like go and see the movies and for good reason because like you've got the older groups who grew up on the the original trilogy and then you've got the groups who grew up on like the prequel trilogy or the original trilogy and now you have a whole group who's growing up on those two trilogies plus the prequel trilogy plus all the other like material and i almost wonder if like because it's become so old and it's stretched off like over a long period of time it's almost like there's too many competing mouths who want different things and different sensibilities cuz star wars has meant different things to them that it's like too difficult they're trying to like play to each demographic but they can't
0: do it does that make any to appeal to Everybody, yeah, pleasing nobody,
1: yeah, because it's like you have the stuff with like Rogue One and Solo, which were like more like adult, I'd argue, than like The Force Awakens or even The Last Jedi. But the issue with those is like they still have to kind of be for kids because Disney knows that that's going to be a big demographic is people who are parents who are fans of Star Wars, but they don't want to leave their kids at home or they want their kids to be fans of Star Wars too because they like Star Wars. And they're going to want to bring them to like Rogue One or Solo or something like a bit that's been a bit darker. Um, but it, they don't want it to be too dark because they don't want their kids to get turned off of Star Wars. Does that make any sense? Like,
0: yeah, I get, I, like they're trying to skate the line between yeah dark and child friendly, mm-hmm. and it's. Been a struggle,
1: which I just I don't think that works because like a lot of the Star Wars material that I really enjoy in the expanded universe is stuff that's like darker, and you Death definitely Troopers. could, yeah, Death Troopers or even Death like Death
0: Troopers was so good.
1: It's more complex, like um, more complex stuff. Like fuck, what's the? Is it just the Zon trilogy?
3: Air of the Empire.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. it. heir of the Empire. Like, Zon had
0: multiple books out.
1: Yeah, so that. the. The Heir to the Empire trilogy is, like, awesome. It's really, really cool. Like, there's some really neat concepts in it. And it's still, maybe it's because I was younger, but from my memory, it manages to feel like Star Wars um, because it was aimed at, like, a very particular audience and that those books knew what they were. Yeah. And they really, like, went for it. Whereas, like, I feel like the new movies have, like, eight different ideas of what they want to be mixed into their, like, thematic makeup. And it prevent at least for me, it prevents me from, like, getting really into them because it's, like, I don't know what they're going for in almost any scene of the movie. Like, because it, it, they have to make those scenes to appeal to both younger kids, teenagers, adults, like, all that, instead of other movies and other genres that just have, like, one major demographic. Like, horror would be, yeah, like, teens and, like, late 20s to late 20s or something like that.
3: Well, I think the main issue with the new stuff is they're like you're saying is they have that split demographic. Not so much like it it happens to fall along the lines of older kids, older adults, and kids. Mm-hmm. But they're just trying to pull back in classic Star Wars fans versus and then may, um, try and create a new generation of Star Wars fans.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think it's like I think it'd work better if you just made mm-hmm. films like I I talk about it all the time. But like I think the parts of the Caribbean trilogy is great. Like that's one you could probably show to someone who's, like, between, like, a kid who's, like, 10 and 12, maybe. Like, a lot of yeah. kids were around that age when they went to see the original Star Wars. And that movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, has got some, like, adult stuff in there. But it just, it's it got such a great tone, and it manages to ride... It tone the line, like... It does. And, again, kind of like the original Star Wars where, like, I remember when I would watch A New Hope, there were definitely some scenes where I was, like, freaked out about or there was, like –
0: They show burned skeletons, like – Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, Oh, totally. Panda Baba's on and they show – Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's not even mentioning, like, the fucking – honestly, the part that always freaks me out the most would be the uh, trash compactor scene. Oh that was, the, yeah, they're about to be the, squished. And yeah, the monster yeah. tries to eat them. And the monster. And it's like, and on top of that too, like, fucking it, it like there's some weird like sexual shit in Star Wars, like the fact that like Carrie Fisher's not wearing a bra at all. Or let's fucking rewind like two. But James, but James. <laughs> there's no underwear. In there's space. no underwear in space. That's George Lucas's cardinal rule in Star Wars. I bet was to that be was the fair, one, I'm
0: pretty sure that was the Oh my god, not remembering someone I don't remember where, but someone pointed out that like In episode four, she's not wearing a bra because, according to George Lucas, there's no underwear in space. Episode five, she spends the entire time wearing these, like, snowsuits, so it doesn't matter because you need Mm. to be as warm as possible. And then in episode six, she spends the first 20 minutes of the movie in just a bra.
1: Yeah. And then that's also the movie where uh, Harrison Ford, like, copped a feel, like, in one of the uh, scenes where they're trying to break into the like sensor bunker or whatever they're like okay. making out he yeah he totally coughs a feel it's like a super quick shot but Ew. they're like they're like this, they're kissing goodbye and he like his hand goes up it's pretty
3: great are
1: you, are, were, wait are you talking during about those this,
0: movies
3: are you talking about you What you said return of the jedi return of the jedi yeah, he's yeah.
0: Talking when the they're
3: jedi. when they're in the the like doorway to the bunker and he goes in front of her and then she like shoots the guy
1: behind him uh when is it when they kiss is that when they kiss i they, think that's when they kiss do they kiss around there is that, in I, that area
0: I, they do but i think it was no oh wait no, no 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 he
3: just says he just says i love you and then she says i know and then she shoots him okay never mind
0: okay so I, 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 don't think
3: I, I don't remember then
0: see now i have to rewatch the movie because james is giving me false memories because i was about to say that like okay it could be argued that way i think it was more that his hand was going towards her waist Mm-hmm. But, like, if they're crouched over, it's not like there's tons of distance between those two areas.
1: Also, those two were, like, it's. I think it's basically confirmed that they were, like, fucking at least during A New Hope. Like,
3: No, they came out. Carrie Fisher, I want to say, came out and said they had a very brief
1: romance oh, that's during right. the filming of the films. She said like, that, like, a couple years before she died, right? Yeah, that... I think
3: when they were yeah. filming um a Force Awakens.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when it came out. Yeah, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean, if you were a woman, wouldn't you want uh, late 70s to mid-80s <laughs> Harrison, Ford? Harrison Ford? That guy was pretty hunky. And Indiana she was all Jedi. hopped up on cocaine at the time. So and she knows on- what she was thinking. That's right, because in yeah. Return of the Jedi, you can see her like coke nail. Coke nail. You can? Yeah, the coke nail. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. In one of the in the scene where they're sending the codes to get down to uh, Endor, she, like she, she leans over the seat, over Harrison's seat, and she puts her hand on the back. And you can see that, I think it's on her left hand, that her pinky nail is, like, way longer than the rest.
0: Good grief.
1: I know. Mm. That's some fucking power if... uh Yeah. Accuracy, if you can basically, like, they're like, uh, if you can tell the wardrobe people, like, yeah, you can do anything, but... I don't told touch her, don't my touch, my don't touch oil, the but... coke <laughs> and then the directors were like okay I guess I mean it was like the 70s 80s everyone was doing cocaine <laughs> yes and I think well but the other thing too is she was like holy shit she was they all made so much money from that yeah. from that series but no I guess like point being is there's like actual human elements in the original trilogy because there were like there's some risky and risque stuff done in there like but I feel like with the prequel trilogy or the uh, the sequel trilogy, it just feels very sanitized and it feels very yeah. like because I mean, like you can even, you can even see with like Finn and Ray like there well, that was weird... part of my
0: like thing. What I because going along with what you're saying about like the themes <sighs> clashing, I for the most part enjoyed seven. Yeah, it was super reflective of the original trilogy themes, and like, oh, there's another big satellite to destroy. I guess we'll go do that again. But I thought it was a good way to at least, like, set it up for a new generation and get the older generations in this comfortable spot of this is what we know. But then they should have, like, actually c- consistently gone in a new direction with it, directorial-wise, writing-wise, than they did... Particularly because in between 7 and 8, we had Rogue One, an entire movie, telling us that, like, oh, yes, the rebellion's full of soldiers, but it's also full of those roguish, shaky elements that are in there because they're rebels. They're gonna rebel, they're gonna do the crazy thing, maybe it works out, but they're gonna go do it. I and this like... told us in 8 that, no, don't be rebels, toe the line, and follow orders. Well, I feel like
1: the... I feel like the thing with Rogue One that missed with me is just that, like, and it's the thing that Disney has been doing for a while with these movies. Because I agree, like, I think Force Awakens set it up to be kind of interesting, but the the thing is, like, for instance, by like in A New Hope, yeah, um, you know, like the minute that Luke sees Leia, um, in the as the hologram message, he's like immediately captivated. He's like, oh my god, like she's beautiful, like. And you know that, like from that moment, um, he's locked in. Yeah,
0: like he's, he's gonna go he's locked in. He's gonna go help. Yeah,
1: he's gonna go to the ends of the universe to like find to, the girl. To be with, yeah, to find the girl to, to be with this girl. And that this is tempting all the like their siblings in the later series. I feel like with Ray, and and because of that, like everyone, like everyone can identify with that. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or whatever. Like you can identify with seeing someone like that that you're like wow, I, I would go yeah, I would go to the ends of the universe I'd hang out with a weird dude who lives in, like, a hut <laughs> the weird old would, man. Like, yeah, he like, I would though. do <laughs> like, I would well, if he was, if he was Alan Guinness I mean, Alec Guinness, sorry <laughs> on, uh, Guinness. no, but like, I think so that that's the thing that, like for me, the sequel trilogy misses completely, is I never we don't have, like, one moment of that, I feel like with Ray or anybody else. And if we uh, do I
3: love we kinda
1: got it with Finn. Uh, like I
3: hate Finn's the character of Finn. I, oh, really? I just I hate it. He's completely pointless. What has he done? Absolutely nothing. Okay. He only existed so that in the first movie or the first one in this new trilogy, they were able to um find Ray and then they had someone that could somewhat show them around Starkiller base. That's it. Because then he's unconscious, and he's completely useless in The Last Jedi. Does absolutely nothing.
0: I agree I've with been... you on The Last Jedi. I think he... I like him more... I like him in Force Awakens. I feel bad his misuse in Last Jedi, because they could have done so many more interesting things with him.
2: The but idea... I thought he was
0: kind of a good, like, audience stand-in of there's this new universe, we don't know what's going on, here's a character who's also as clueless, like, he was useful that way, but I do see your point that, like, he showed up at the beginning, and then kind of showed him around the base, and then did nothing else.
1: But that's, see, and that's my issue, is I think that points to two things, though, is, like, we already have an audience stand-in with Rey, because she's given given as equal screen time than Finn, and that doesn't, because we do start out film in finn's perspective as like a or no we start out in like post perspective like i i think the di- and that's the difficulty is like when Jumping the stuff perspectives too much yeah oh, and like you, you can jump perspectives like in um a new hope they jump perspectives for the first 20 minutes but just the way that the characters are all introduced you know that you're not like oh is. Is this a protagonist? You know immediately, like with R2 D two and C three PO, you're like, Yeah, this movie isn't gonna be about them. Like, there's no way. You see, like, like they're important, but they're not they're, the most yeah. important. And like and I we're showing like, that
0: because like they're bumbling around the ship, but then C three PO walks in on Leia with R two D two, giving her the important information. You're and important, Leia's but like, you're not the main character.
1: And Leia's like barely seen, like her introduction, we get to see her almost exactly as Luke sees her where with like, so we get to almost have the same experience Luke has later in the movie where we see her and we're like, wow, she's like really pretty, she's beautiful. The way we're introduced to like Darth Vader, like we know he's the villain immediately just from the way he's dressed, the way he talks, all that. We know that Leia in a space adventure movie from the 70s is probably not going to be the main character. So we're still waiting and waiting and waiting to get into the main character, but we're getting all this information and backstory and setup delivered. It's not like pointless for the audience. And then we get down to the planet and we finally meet Luke and it's like, okay, this yeah, is and the, just seeing that first shot of Luke. You're like main
3: character. You just yeah, know, yeah. you
1: know, and you're like, okay, so no matter what, no matter what perspective we jump to now, we know that Luke is going to be our constant touchstone. With, with like everything, he is going to be us. He's going to be our whole like window through the movie. I think the issue with the sequel trilogy is they don't have that. Like I don't know in the Force Awakens who I'm supposed to be viewing the stuff through because like there's Finn and his whole thing, and it's like interesting. And they talk him. He takes up almost the entirety of the first act, and then there's Ray. And, like, the whole story is, like, focused on Ray, but we're, like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: We're set up that, oh, it it's going to be the story of Finn and Poe, where yeah. Finn deserts, and Poe's going to, like, show them the ropes of, hey, look, this is how we rebel, come hang out with us, we're the cool kids.
1: Well, I just, I feel like what they were doing was like, they're like, uh, in the writer's room, they're like, what can we do? Okay. They're going to want to see Jedi. We're going to have to have a Jedi as the main character. But they also, like, people want something different. So we should have.
0: We're going to take the desert boy and make it a desert girl. Yeah, or like,
1: like, oh, what's different than a Jedi? Because we're going to have to have a Jedi different because the audience needs to know that it's different. So they were like, What's different, like in the Star Wars universe? What about a Stormtrooper? It's good. Okay. Yeah, that's good. What's different than what people think of like a Stormtrooper? Oh, it's a black guy. Okay. We'll make him a black guy. Like that'll drive people nuts. That'll say immediately, like, this is different. This is different than any Star Wars. People can watch that. And then we're going to have Rey, who is a typical Star Wars, like protagonist, basically. But because we've already telegraphed with Finn that this is a different movie, People are going to immediately assume that she's different, even though she's not different from any Star Wars protagonist, really, it, in any of the material who has, like, come along. And I just think, like, they couldn't decide, like, oh, are we going to actually focus on Finn's perspective or are we going to focus on Rey's? They tried to kind of, like, Cronenberg them into this weird, like, which is why they can't, like, have, it's, like, why don't they have feelings for each other? Or why why is
0: there there's no romantic feelings thing is a forced choice of like oh it's classic that the guy main guy main girl would have feelings especially considering like he saw her fight and he was like enamored with her stuff but we gotta be unique and be like no no they got no feelings
1: but that's the weird thing too is like it's. Strangely, like regressive, for as like progressive as it is on the outside, like because ideally, what you would have for both, of, you you could have those characters fall in love, but the way that like Ray and Finn's dynamic is portrayed is like Finn, like Cal said, Finn is like this bumbling like comedic relief, and then Ray is the one who's going to know everything. She knows how to fix the ships. She knows how to use a <laughs> lightsaber. Is- like she's the go to for. <laughs> everything it is which, kind of
3: ironically funny that is supposed to be like oh progressive like hey look there's a black guy as a main character but you're right yeah. james he's the bumbling idiot and the yeah. white girl is the savior and not only that but the love story that they push isn't between the black guy and the white girl but between the black guy and the asian girl yeah pair so I mean, off the minorities
0: oh like, nah, <laughs> you say herself. that fun fact which they won't get to in the next movie i bet is there's a novel set between the two movies between eight and nine where uh finn straight up says like oh yeah i'm just friends with both of them
1: see is that
0: that novel out i think so what's it called i don't remember off the top of my head i just remember reading an article where it's like oh yeah finn is in a conversation with poe like poe walks in like oh i saw you talking to ray he's like oh just friends just friends
1: like I a think, similar conversation
0: but, about oh, what happened with her is like, oh, we're just friends. So I didn't want to pursue that.
1: I think how you could reframe their relationship where it's not this weird skewed power dynamic is like you have they they're both intuitive at at whatever they are. Like Finn, for whatever reason, like with certain stormtrooper stuff, tactics, whatever, he's just like intuitive. Like he just well, knows he what was to
0: trained do. Trained in tactics, yeah, exactly. So he would.
1: Bit. And then, and then Ray, you have her because she's, like, force-sensitive. She can intuit some things. But you have them, like, learn from each other. They don't learn anything from each other. These two characters kind of just, like, hang out. And then Finn almost leaves. And Ray's like, no, don't do that. And he's like, I'm going to. And then that's really just to set up a false, like, Han Solo saving the day at the end type thing. Like, at, at, at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of, where he saves her. Um, and it's just kind of like it's it sucks because the ideas for those characters could be really interesting. Like I, I think almost think
0: it would have been almost more interesting if, because we've seen Finn has almost an affinity for people. Like, yeah. his only real mistake was trusting the hacker in episode 8, but mm. all the other times his feel for people mm. has been pretty solid. I think it'd been interesting if Ray had a major distrust of everybody. Like I didn't well, trust anyone at all because she grew up on her own, basically. And that she I'm, was learning to like trust and accept people from him.
1: I think if they were gonna do tell Ray's story, I would have actually
0: Would have actually won. I would have rather you, come I, I,
1: you I I'm sorry. If I if I was like them telling Ray's story, I think what I would do differently is Don't beat around the bush with her, like, force sensitivity. If we're going to make her, like, just by the nature of the story that has gone so far, like, this strangely intuitive, like, very powerful, like, force person, um, have her start as that from the beginning, because then you don't have the audience, like, oh, how does she know all that? Like, have a scene where she's, like, sitting in her living room or she's using the, like, force abilities Uh, Like when she's scavenging and stuff like that, but she doesn't like tell anybody and have her journey, not coming to terms with the power, but having this immense amount of power and learning how to like control it and
0: use it. How to focus Mm -hmm. it. That
1: that could have been like a better storyline than like, oh, her realizing that she has all this power because it's so clear from the very beginning that she does. Like, even if that wasn't their intention, that's definitely the message I feel like they got across in the movie. So if you have her starting out as almost this like, Kind of like in Legend of Korra, where she's already mastered like three of the four elements, and then her whole journey is like, oh, I've got to learn how to like actually control and temper my abilities. If you had done something like that, I think that could have been kind of interesting. But, IDK.
0: Yeah.
3: I just looked it up. It's called Resistance Reborn, and it came out at the beginning of the month.
0: Oh my god. Wow. See, and that's one of the other things like They ended episode 8 where the entire Resistance fit inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Side note, I don't like the British accents. It's Falcon, not Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the entire Resistance fits inside the Falcon. And they've already put out the call for help. Leia signaled, come help me, and no one showed up. Where in the world are they getting support? Like, I get that they wrote a book detailing how they rebuilt it, but how? Who in the world would choose to help them when they didn't before? What? Would, I, what in the world just, would make them change their mind?
1: It's just a poor. It's a poorly constructed. And Cal and I have talked about this before, but it's just a poorly construct like opposition or dynamic between um, the First Order and the Resistance. If anything, it should be flipped. Like the. The, the resistance slash the Republic should have been the one with the weapons and the guns. So the, pub- like, the Republic yeah, has, the- like, the
0: weapons, the armaments, the guns,
1: yeah. And power. And then the First Order is this, like, rogue terrorist group. This These fringe, like, freaks. These fanatics on, like, the edge of the outer rim. And they're going around, like, blowing shit up. And... Or they're doing whatever, and, like, maybe someone in the beginning of the first movie, if you were doing it with this dynamic, it, like, is sent into a planet to try and root out, like, one of the cells, and then, I don't know, they realize that it's bigger than they they thought. It's way bigger than they thought, and they're like, holy shit, like, how did this happen? Like, this is exactly how The Last Republic went down, like, how did this happen so fast? But that, I think, should have been more of the rough trajectory, because it just, to me... And it's never articulated clearly why. Like, how did the First Order in 30 years like, repossess all this Empire tech? How did they do this? How they kept up this fight? Like, was there any time between the formation of the New Republic and then the First Order? Or well, was it even First was order the just
3: New around? Republic? Because, like, in the movie, yeah. all we see it is apparently like six points.
0: Yeah. Eight. And yeah. why isn't Leia a part of it? Yeah, why
1: is she with the Resistance? Um, as
0: I understand it, they did... Like, there was, again, they put information in the novels that never made it to the movies. That, like, she was mm. in... And I think they might have made, like, passing mention of it in the movies. That she was in the uh, government. But she was so focused on <clears throat> the, like, potential threat of the First, First order, order that it was it was creating... While yeah, I think the I remember was like oh, it's it fine. passing,
1: but still, it just doesn't, doesn't got make sense. For being crazy. It also doesn't make sense why I don't understand why – I don't think it's ever been explained why it's the resistance and then the Republic. If they have a Republic general working with them, why wouldn't they just be –
0: She's not a – they don't have any generals.
1: Or like well, – but she's a high-ranking member – Like, is the resistance just their the name for their
0: army? The resistance, yeah. The resistance is
3: like the rebellion, so it's outside the republic.
0: Yeah. What as I understand it, all of the like the characters at the end of the rebellion did wind up helping set up the republic, but Leia and her supporters got drummed out because of their what others saw as their obsession with squashing these last remnants of the empire when there were more pressing matters. Because so, in the
3: in the first movie, there the Republic has a peace with the First Order; they're at truce.
0: Yeah. Oh, is that what they
1: say? I totally. Yeah, you.
3: and the Resistance is operating within First Order controlled territory.
1: So okay, so the Resistance is literally—it's
3: an a, illegal organization. It's it, literally it, the rebellion. It's literally them rehashing a New Hope. It's that except there's now a third which, party, the New Republic, which, they which then the just is killed.
0: Hour. No,
1: but the the thing is, in the original trilogy, the rebellion had like a genuine, real, good purpose because there was no republic. It was just the empire. There were like outlining, yeah, like yeah. yeah, they
3: were fighting for yeah. a republic that never, existed.
1: didn't exist. But like that means that if they don't have to fight for the republic anymore, but they formed this resistance in the sequel trilogy, they're literally just a bunch of like bloodthirsty. Fanatics. Well, they're
3: trying to still fight for the people that are being oppressed by the First Order.
0: They also think the First Order is not going to hold the truce. Like, come on, they're a blood. It's the First Order. It's the remnants of the Empire. Why in the world would they agree to a truce?
1: But like at the same, like it just doesn't make any. Technically, without provocation, would would the First Order have used Starkiller? Would they have even built it
0: like that? I would would, argue they had to have been building it anyways. Like that's something the size of a planet, but then I I
1: feel like they should have done a way better job at explaining like, oh, the Republic is at peace with the First Order, but the First Order's like I don't remember anything like that because the Cause only they only thing... mention
3: it in passing. It's not the main yeah. The, the main point you're supposed to focus on is hey, resistance, hey, basically Empire. Look, it's Star Wars, and they wipe, yeah,
0: and they wipe out the Republic too because
3: like. Yeah, they wipe they, them out instantly because they don't want to
1: deal with them. They, they want to the go back to
3: the simple formula of empire and rebels versus.
1: Yeah, and I just like that. I don't know. That just kind of sucks. Like it would be kind of interesting to have a, a movie that takes place where like the Republic did get set up and they have made like peace, like begrudging. It'd be like the, uh, be like the U.S. and the USSR. It'd be like if if Star Wars was like World War Two in space. The sequel trilogy could have been like the Cold, the Cold War. Yeah, the Cold War in space. Yeah, where it's like you've got these two rival galactic superpowers who know that if they start fighting each other, they probably kill each other. So they're not going to do that. So they carry out like coordinated attacks, like in each other's systems, using like proxy resistance groups, which is essentially what the First Order, the First Order is a proxy for the Empire. I mean, basically, at least within the language of like the sequels. I just think there's something that could have been done with with that instead of like you said, Cal, like just immediately to like, ah oh, Rebels and Empire. Actually different stuff out of the way. Let's go back into what's like normal, I guess. But yeah, I don't know, because it worked for the original trilogy, but it's because,
0: you can't keep and, doing it. You no, know? and
1: it's like, and like it, I just feel like, I feel like they, Disney is like giving up on Star Wars. If I'm well, being they, totally they honest, they put a hiatus like,
0: on producing any more movies after nine.
1: Yeah, I just I can't see. Well, I think the, gonna, but,
3: but the Mandalorian is doing super well, so I feel like that just means they're going to transition to doing uh more stuff like that.
0: I think what's more yeah. likely to happen—they're probably—they're going to do more stuff like that because the Mandalorian doing so well. Problem is, Mandalorian doing well because they've got Favreau and Feige, Kevin Feige, on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Both guys. And I explore. hate that it's going to turn Marvel. I hate that. That's it's what's going to happen. It, it's just—I don't know. There's but it's like
0: probably going to work. Like their yeah, guys, oh, who it's care about, they, they care it's, about the source material though, so they're going to do as good a job as they can with it. But but it's the style. It the
3: style of Star Wars is not the style that they have made these Marvel Cinematic Universe in. The MCU, it's fine. I enjoy it, but that's its own style. And if, it's not if Star you Wars. Convert Star Wars to that style. It's gonna just completely change it and ruin it.
0: I am. I just. I'm hopeful that they don't do that. Only because we don't have enough data points to go off of in terms of how they handle it. We've only got two episodes of The Mandalorian.
1: Well, I mean, my my fear would be that Disney is basically just planning to like Disneyify Star Wars, and then they're gonna they're gonna because they'll probably I think Cal's right they're probably gonna move away from movies for a while, and they're gonna keep making TV shows, however many they can. Well, and
3: Clone Wars so or season seven comes out pretty soon, doesn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it does. Actually, does it come out? later this winter or like spring i don't know but um at the latest i thought it came out like but i don't know I, that seems a little too late but my fear is like they're basically making all this content to try and like bury the original trilogy so one day there will be a whole generation of people who only know it through the reference of oh they are and, like, and like
0: lucas gets paid for their use of characters he created they're trying to remove those characters And
1: it's just like that makes it really sad because that means that like our generation, in a way, may have been the last ones to experience Star Wars in any meaningful way before it like just got inundated with all this like shit. Like it it is not it isn't Star Wars anymore. Even even the prequel trilogy. I I hesitate
0: to say that it isn't Star Wars only because there's that history of with anything. You always have those people saying, well, now this isn't this thing, but you had people five years ago saying the same thing, and five years before that saying the same thing, like...
1: Yeah, but I think, like, to a degree, when... You,
0: I just hesitate to label it that blatantly. I
1: think, like, I I, I agree not to jump the gun. I think the thing is, though, is, like, everything has, like, a glory day, right? Like, the Roman Empire had a glory day. It's ages. And, and,
0: like, in comic yeah. books, they had the Silver Age of Comics, the Gold Age of comic books, the Modern Age of yeah. comic books. Yeah.
1: So I'm wondering if we're out of the age of Star Wars. If we're at the end of the first age of Star Wars, what would be looked on as the golden age? And that doesn't mean that anything like new or different or better can't come out. Because like some of those influential works came out in the 80s, which as yeah. and that was that wasn't the golden age, was it? Like the, um, when was the golden age? Like the forties to the seventies, sixties? I have
0: to do my history check.
1: But I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on a limb and say it prob- the golden age probably doesn't extend to the '80s. Like I don't, I don't associate those two. But obviously, yeah. I would be wrong. But I do think it, it did become different. And I don't think you're ever gonna be be able to recapture the golden age of comic books. Just like you won't be able to recapture the golden age of Star Wars. And just because it's, it might be over, isn't a bad thing. But I do think like. Well, the, the styles, it,
0: especially once you start looking at those large time frames, get mm, extremely period-specific. Yeah, well... Like if it, you go back to, like, four, comics from the 40s and 50s, the language and the plots are almost laughable. It,
1: it reminds me a lot how when comic books hit, like, nascent popularity, um, when was it in... Was it in the 60s when they slapped the industry with those huge, like, censorship rules and um, stuff like that?
0: About Was like... 60s, 70s.
1: So, like, that, um, I think, is almost the equivalent of what they're doing to Star Wars with Disney, where they're kind of, like, censoring what it is. Because the thing is, comic... What? At their heart. I, I think the thing is, like, comic books, in my opinion, at their heart, are, like, it's a very, like independent rebellious like we can go on and on about like oh it's corporate and blah 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 but the fact of the matter is is it's like a true buried beneath everything like there's a true american like enterprising spirit of like stanley just coming up with a random fucking like superhero um off a bunch of them like off the seat of his like pants or whatever and he throws them out there and he makes some stories and he likes them And then it turns into a multi billion dollar franchise like an empire. I mean that's like the American dream. So like that and and Star Wars is the same thing where you had a rinky dig kid Lucas from California who made like weird art movies and then he was given all this money to make this sci-fi movie that people thought was going to flop. He's this really weird out there bizarre guy and then it creates one of the most expansive highly impactful like pop culture monoliths in like human history um and i think like what disney is doing now is what the industry did the comics industry did in the 60s and 70s with the censoring is like it's the larger culture who's now been exposed to this stuff and they want to make it like palatable for them but that's only going to lead to it Feeling watered down because it's away from like the spirit of what it originally was, which is like so. A more
0: the only fix yeah. then is for someone to say, Heck with this, we're doing it the right way. And we but, need
1: like an Alan Moore
0: similar. Oh no, we Alan Moore like was Alan... good, but he, uh, it was oh, actually... I don't mean
1: now, well, yeah, but, but I like... mean like we need like an Alan Moore for Star Wars, like we need something, someone like that who can show. Like people who still like Star Wars, that it can both be something like it was, but still new. Disney tried to do that, but they fucking failed. So, yeah. Matt,
0: how are you doing? <laughs>
2: uh, you know, I mean, like, I've been wondering when I could jump in, but I don't really have like any opinions on this. Like, yeah, it sucks that. You know, they aren't using the Expanded Universe, because it, it it's just a weird disconnect for me, like, how they, you know, acquire all these properties with all these, like, just plethora of information. But, like, they've always done it, right? Because Cinderella, they changed, right? Yeah. Like it, it, you know, Jungle Book. They didn't even read the book. They just made the movie. Um,
3: well, so like they've to be always fair, made... isn't the Jungle Book written by like an insanely racist guy?
0: Well, that's part of the. That's yeah, but I think that's like with what my yeah, but George, point George is he, that he George, all of these the George Lucas stories also they like, them.
1: And and to be fair, George Lucas put like insanely racist caricatures in Phantom Menace.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. like, I mean,
2: whatever. Like, this is yeah, the shtick: is they take stories that have been made before and they remake them. them. Like, like they uh, Cinderella, they turn mice into like talking buddy buddy. Like
0: Snow White, they instead of having the witch dance herself to death, they just what chase her off.
2: She fell off a cliff. She actually fell off a cliff.
1: Well, see, I but, I think I think that's actually like an interesting point. Thinking that. Thinking what? Like, oh shit! Are you guys there?
0: Yeah, we're here. Yeah, Keep yeah talking.
1: No, I I think that's an interesting point because um we're talking about like folk tales and fairy tales and stuff like that um and like I think Star Wars is one of the first like. It sounds weird, but one of the first American fairy tales, like you can't argue that I would argue that movies are, are, and almost always have been like a strictly American medium. Um, like for the most part, like that, that's our country has defined what cinema means. And that doesn't mean that anyone else's definition isn't good. But when you think of movies, like you, you think, think Hollywood, of United States. you think Hollywood. Yeah. You don't think anywhere else. Um, and I think, like, for Americans, Star Wars took all those archetypes that are in, like, fairy tales and in all these old stories and put them on the big screen where Americans, for maybe some of the first times in their lives, could, like, identify with them. And not only that, but they took recognizable American iconography from, like, the past hundred years and they put it in there, too, so Americans could really identify. Like, you put some clips of people dogfighting in World War II. Up alongside some of the, the space And space, it's, it's almost identical. It's crazy, like
0: which is actually a point jury. I did not like about episode eight was that they took that to the nth degree and made laser bolt yeah. arc.
1: No, and then and but then like you also have Han Solo is like almost like they basically meet him in like a Western saloon.
0: Oh yeah, and like
1: there is almost no uh, li- like fictional genre more American than. They are knights' nice stories I mean, that were ported onto like uh, onto the American West, and I just think like
0: I've never for, thought about it before. But Han Solo is basically the quintessential American cowboy. Yeah, he's he's, kind he's kind basically of the law. He's yeah, got yeah, the gun hip, yeah, and he's, he's got his sidekick yeah. and the trusty ship he rode in on
1: Chewie, which is actually a common name that that what? For a lot of Chewie, like, because he Chewbacca, Chewie. And Chewie is like a common, and this might be a bit of a stretch, but like playing into the Western theme, Chewie is like a common nickname, uh, like a Mexican nickname. And who did like a lot of the white cowboys pair up with when they were out on the trail? They would pair up with like Mexican guys that come, yeah, sidekicks and stuff like that, helpers and all that. And I just think like for Americans, Star Wars is one of the first, again, just the first, one of the first American. Uh, truly American, like fairy tales or fables, like ever made, which is why I think so many people get very attached to it, and for a good reason, because it's like some of the first times in history, like Americans have been able to identify with stuff that Europeans have kind of been sitting on. Oh, uh, the boat guy left um, oh, the weird. music, <laughs> uh, but stuff that uh, Europeans have been sitting on and able to identify with because they wrote it for like centuries so i think like the problem is mm-hmm. and like Matt, you guys were all pointing out is like you can make and disney has made a whole career and legacy on taking fairy the european fairy tales and like
0: porting them Amer- to america
1: americanizing them and because they are european originally european fairy tales um for the most part and like i think maybe the reason that people have been so kind of like Divided on the on the new Star Wars stuff is because for the first time Disney is kind of fucking with like Their the mythic, like the mythic DNA of like American culture, basically. So people are really like reticent because they this is the first time we've had any of our fairy tales like Americanized, and it feels like weird to see it. So I think I don't know.
0: Like, no, I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna get a drink. Hold on. Oh well, maybe you want to wait
0: like five seconds because we're at about an hour. It's been good chat with you boys, but it's about time to wrap up for the time being. Oh, oh shit! Um, James is back. (laughs) James (laughs) Randall Olian, bye James. Uh, so Calvin, James, Matthew, thank you for joining me for another session.
3: There he is. Sorry, I'm back. Now you're
0: back. Thanks for joining me for another session. We were really so we topic- this
3: the Star Wars podcast. Yeah, that was fun.
0: Um, thank you to uh, the band Problem of Interest for letting me use the song, uh, or clips from the song Living in the Moment for the intro and outro music. If you want to listen to us record live, go to Matty Misplays on Thursdays around 7. Or if you just want to enjoy the pleasant streams from Matthew himself, you can go do that. Uh, Matt, how many times a week do you do that? I think he's gone. Oh,
2: Oh, I try to stream Monday, Tuesday. Eh, Well, I try to stream every day. Depends on the day. I won't be streaming this weekend Mm because I'll be house-sitting for my uncle. That'll be cool. Most
0: days of the week they can try and find you. You'll probably be around.
2: I usually start around 7 on weeknights and weekends or, you know, whenever I feel like streaming. So, yeah, check me out. Follow me.
0: You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. At Better Buddies, we also have a Gmail account. You can email us to let us know what you think or give us topics that you might want us to talk about. The email is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, be a better buddy.